Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's that season. It's here, spooky right? season. Yeah, we're in it. It's October. <laughs> and so when we were talking like spooky season, right? You're like, what's spooky to you? And you're like, a gauzy kind of fluorescent, <laughs> like very soft focused vampire movie set in Manhattan. Absolutely. I'm like, of course. It's got to oh, be yeah. The Hunger. We're doing The Hunger. This has been on my radar a long time. Uh, but it's a movie. It's one of those classic. I've never seen it movies before. Now. <laughs> oh, you you hadn't seen it at all. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. this is so big. when you brought yeah. it up, yeah, it was like sure, good excuse to do the hunger now. Uh, I had no idea what I was in for. Oh man, this is a crazy movie. I'm Charlie. Mm-hmm. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Well, brother, if you didn't have any idea, the general public and the studio executives <laughs> also had like no idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> what they were in, getting, and uh, I think this is a pretty important horror movie i think it's like a pretty important vampire movie mm. true like this is a this is an original it's a totally yeah the, what i love most about this movie is that it's a totally different take on a vampire story uh pretty dark upsetting scary and cool cool also like pretty cool pretty also cool. really really cool also <laughs> like very hip yeah like, this managed to really captures like a bit of the time but also being just like this own weird thing right but like it's all this hip stuff that like scared me yeah like i'm scared like i'm not i'm not just scared of the vampires in this movie like everybody scared me in this movie the club dancers the guys hanging out by the payphones everybody was scary in this movie yeah i am just shocked at how little i could exist in any other kind of air i man (laughs) i can't survive in so many places the uh this movie starts out like Kind of feels like vampire cruising. Absolutely. <laughs> the same kind of... Because when I watch cruising, I'd be like, man, I would be chopped liver. Uh-huh. In this one. No, no. Couldn't handle it. Right? Yeah, This we, is a different world. We open up, yeah, right in the, the, the depths of the Bauhaus here. Oh, we get the Bauhaus. Oh, man. Oh, opening my. with Bauhaus. Bella so, Lugosi is dead so as your good. opening song. That right off the bat was like, is that Bauhaus? <laughs> As a guy who knew nothing about this movie, was like, is that, is yeah. that Bauhaus? Oh, gr- oh, oh how great. Coming into it with Goth Pass coming in, it's just like, oh, they're leading with, God, with yeah. Bauhaus. We're going track one. Uh huh. Did, did, this had to, did this like make the Bauhaus? Was this like, I became so. it more synonymous? Or was that one of those like, this is an instant Goth anthem? That song like invented Goth, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, pretty so much. So he was like jumping on that because it was, the, but that had to. This like, is probably like two or three years after that song came out, but yeah, yeah. it's probably what like hit the big, you know, the mainstream yeah. for them. We're opening with the Bauhaus. Yeah. Oh man. So we're talking Tony Scott, right? Tony Scott. That's true too. Yeah. This is our first Tony Scott. So we haven't done a vampire movie, by the way, since Vampires Kiss. I know. Nicolas Cage one, right? Another, yeah, another weird '80s vampire movie. Sorry, Renfield. There was a lot of vampire movies in the '80s tons uh, i love it they all try to do their own thing with it and i feel like this does its own thing maybe oh. as good or best every vampire movie we do from the 80s i'm gonna say i think this one does it the best yeah 
Because, I mean, how can you say near, near Dark didn't do its thing better? Lost Boys. Lost Boys did its own thing. Right, the Lost right. Boys is the coolest shit ever, right? Exactly. That is hard. It is hard to say something's cooler than the Lost Boys. Yeah. That's true. Almost every, like, there's probably eight, <laughs> there's like 60 different vampire movies that I like that are all like, this is this specific kind of vampire movie. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like the 70s vampire porno, Dracula Sucks. Love it. Cool. Nobody else did that. <laughs> Love Dracula Sucks. You get the Christopher Lee vampires. Yeah. You get Frank Langella vampires. You get Lugosi vampires. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Great. It's incredible. We did uh They're Blood all for very Dracula. different. Huh? Yeah. Blood for Dracula. With Blood Udo for Dracula Kier. is so good. Uh, we did. Yeah. Let me tell you about this movie. Look at this movie called Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> there is brother. Yeah. No other movie like Dracula Dead and Loving It. The studios wouldn't let another soul touch it. Yeah. And so every vampire movie is this great kind of different. But this is, the hunger is, it's, I guess it's not as fun as Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> not a lot of laughs in the hunger. <laughs> this is a grim one. This is like it's one of those. dark movie. So I love Near Dark so much. Mm-hmm. And I love it portraying this unromantic vampire lifestyle. Like rogue thugs. Yeah, yeah. Right? Dirty. But, I mean, cool. Right. Obviously cool. But, you know, I love but, the... But, like, outside of society kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. It's Off the grid. that are kind of eating the garbage. Yeah. So I like this, uh, the unromantic portrayal. And the hunger captures this vibe between, like, the centuries of elegance mixed with, like, the inhumanity of like the rest of your eternal existence Mm -hmm. so it's a real like yeah you don't know what's coming you don't know what's coming at the end you could be trapped in this box in hell it's this great like reminder the whole time that i don't know what's going to happen to me after i die that's what the hunger is slowly seeping out this whole time that like yeah, these vampires had it pretty good. Much longer than you're going to have it good. <laughs> and look at how bad things wound up for this guy. And all of these guys. Yeah, exactly. But I also love the aspect of just this kind of the bummer aspect of vampire life. How our incredible vampiress, Catherine Deneuve, is like yeah. carrying this kind of sadness with her uh, elegance, right? She's a very sad vampire. The perfect cast sad vampire, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I can't wait till we do Once Bitten. <laughs> there are no other movies. What's that uh, George Hamilton vampire one? Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, no. We got all these. Too Every many. one of them's different. Every one of them's like its own little special snowflake. This oh. one is, yeah, this is kind of like a before Interview with a Vampire. Really taking a look There's at the... There's another one. Jesus. Yeah, right? But uh, it reminds me of that because this one is really kind of like building a world where this vampire has existed for thousands of years and has gone through the paces of society and built up this you know, wealth. And mm-hmm. they've got the penthouse in New York. They've got the, the connections. She's living a very comfortable lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, her and, and her, her kind of apprentice you know lover Her vampire, lover yeah uh david bowie Her part, i mean at this point here's the thing it, it also gets me thinking this idea that um you know you got technically everything you got away with it you've uh lived through everything you've seen it all mm-hmm. and you're like upper society still 
You've I'm, done it. I'm fascinated with stories where it's like the immortal person who's built up yeah. the empire. Who, I, who's been? Because I would have no idea how to do that. But feels like an easy bag to drop. Yeah, <laughs> like the the immortality helps, right? Yeah, and you're already getting used to like, well, I also have to kill a lot. That's the rub. Got to feed, but you also got to be good at business. Exactly. Like what? Got to start an LLC. Have a law Are you firm kidding representing me? you. Like, Real estate. I mean, it's cool that she can afford a brownstone, but I bet there were some pretty hard vampire crash and burns. Yeah, yeah. I think she's like an elite to have lived the six thousand. I think we're presented that way, right? Because uh-huh. I know I would drop that bag. I would mess up something hard and quick. I yeah, and I love stories like that. I, I love the thought of. Uh, there's a really great the Sandman comic book. There's mm. a there's an issue where the Sandman gives a guy immortal life, and like once every hundred years they meet up and kind of do like a how, how's your century been? And some sure. are but be- some are better than others. Yeah, you know. And uh, the guys had to start over and build up. And uh, I just love that kind of lore. This movie is such a great lore behind it. I, it shows you these flashbacks. Yes. It shows you this kind of. Uh, it puts you. It really puts you in the mood of like what it would be like to be you know kind of bored after hundreds of right. years this really is like the malaise this, this yeah. is like if barry Lyndon were also immortal pretty much so he's yeah. kind of like a fuck up natural but he's lighting just, and but he's just sadness. like yeah but i look like ryan o'neill for like a long <laughs> time so you're like you're gonna do pretty good during certain stretches right yeah like imagine like if you had just your whole life to keep botching it like you're gonna hit a good patch you're gonna hit a good stretch so if you're already having that like you're gonna get Set out. You you have some extra advantages mm-hmm. outside of like the potential. You also have the potential to be sucking rats in like a cargo hold. Right. That's part of the. That's the rub. And, and, and this one especially too. It it opens. A it opens with a very to me very scary scene. This openings. So of them making their first kill. So you know what's going on here. So Tony uh, Scott, man. Yeah. Tony Scott. He doesn't get the acclaim Ridley Scott does. Mm-hmm. This guy made some big ones. This guy made some bangers. It, we could have talked about half a dozen Tony Scott movies. And we talked will. about. We'll talk, get there. I mean, it give will me some, come to that. Give me a last Boy Scout. Sure. But what I love, the criticism, this movie failed. He was written off as a music video mm-hmm. and TV commercial He was like director. a commercial guy. Yeah. Exactly. And he was, was a good first one. Movie. He was like, a, an, a, you know, getting mm-hmm. a rep in these shorter form industries. And this one, and it's easy to see why when you look at this thing, this stylized, but for cutting him, the the emotion that he builds just on visuals, the cut-ins that he provides instead of just doing these full-length screen flashbacks, the thing that like a quick visual of a commercial or music mm-hmm. video can provide, are so well integrated and make it so much more strong. Uh, our little like connections to Catherine Deneuve's like history are so cool, and these little flashes of her in like Egypt. Right. So, like, incredible, right? Where we wouldn't need, like, a whole filmed out, like, Cairo section of this. So for him to do, to knock this look and this style and this feel just out of the park and to have people just write it off for, mm-hmm. you know, like, they we weren't ready. And what did you think, like, your first time? Do you understand why people weren't like ready? Like you, well, like like a, we've talked about a. You few. just since you just watched it, and then you probably yeah. watched it like again. I watch, I've watched it twice now in the last month. Yeah, watched it the first time. Uh, was really surprised by everything about it. Yeah, I had no idea, and like it was one of those like I knew it was a movie with David Bowie, vampires, yeah. 
That's about all I knew. Which is cool. That's a, that's enough so of an end. So for it to be a movie where David Bowie uh, hits the end of his vampire lifespan and ages into basically a living corpse for the first 45 <laughs> minutes of this movie, I was like, the whole time I was like jaw on the floor like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right. And then it becomes, and then the second half is Deneuve, the head vampire woman, seducing and trying to bring in Susan Sarandon as her next lover. And then she rejects her. And I was, you know, that was very much more like uh, standard vampire stuff. You think so? I don't the, know. The, the seduction, the, the hunger, showing. Su- but anyways, the second time I watched it, I was much more into all that part. Yeah. Because I was didn't have to worry about the story and being of surprised course. by the story. You can be opened up to so many more things and just you're 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 knowing what's to come. Yeah. You know what to expect. You know this mood. And this so, is such a mood. The mood throughout this whole thing is just so intense. And the this opening scene where they're in the goth club, everyone's rocking out. Deneuve and Bowie got their little sunglasses on. They're making yeah. contact with this couple dancing. They and then it's like Cut to them in the car. Back to the Bauhaus. Oh, but then we're cut cutting to, them to Peter the Murphy singing, singing the ba- oh, Bella keep, Lugosi. We keep and then, getting, yeah, we keep getting the flashbacks to the club. Then they're in, but also know, screaming monkeys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, like then by the end of the kill, yeah, when they're finally stabbing and, and and they don't bite anyone in this movie, they use these uh, Egyptian stabbers, these little knives, their little onk pendant yeah, stabbers. Onk yeah. So then it's also like one of those movies where you're like, no one says the word vampire in it, and sure. they're not. They don't have the big teeth, and they're out in sunlight. So you're like, wait, right? They're just they're, they're existing with monkeys. They're just kind of weird guys, and uh, but they're clearly high society. And then yeah, just feeling like the, there's so much world building going on in the little f- glimpses we get, in the little flashbacks, in their conversations where David Bowie knows she's had other lovers before him. Yeah, and is asking what happened to them, and of course, and uh, the idea of this desperation to to stave off death. Well, it's, aging. Su- it's like a sudden like shock back into humanism. Yeah. That this movie is showing us, right? The humanity of vampires, even with these this weird forced lifestyle. It's such a And it just well, it kind of felt like the whole movie had this vibe of like, party's over, dudes. Like we're we're now in the hard, gritty eighties. Yeah. Like crime is right. up. Drugs are bad. <laughs> this is the end of the party, right? You know, For this the is vampires. Eighty three, so it's like I don't know if AIDS had really come into it yet, but it's like party's over. From yeah. the 70s. Right. And it was, uh, and that's not a message people wanted to hear in the 80s. Going back to the original, like, why, why, you know, we've talked about movies like, you know, Carpenter's The Thing. Like, really downer movies in the 80s don't seem to have done well. <laughs> no, man. People were not happy with I that. And when you message. carry that on to modern times, there's a lot of movies that have wound up as, like, our favorites mm-hmm. that are kind of bummers. Like, our favorite, like, I'm telling you, like, yeah. Most I, of them, right? I, like, I'm recommending Pig to a bunch of people, but also I'm like telling them like what to what's in store for Pig, right? That was our favorite movie of the year, yeah. right? Even Bones and all, like we're seeing the end of these vampires. We're seeing the ones that don't make it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, those those hit me the most, man. Those I love that story. I love that story, and I love the way he showed that story in these small ways. Our brains are pretty smart. We pick up on these little flashes of images. We can fill mm-hmm. in this story. We're good at it. Yeah, this movie's perfect at that. Just showing David Bowie not be able to sleep and smoke a cigarette and then have a flashback to, you know, that Barry Lyndon kind of vibe. Oh, yeah, they were in a stable. They were, yeah. 
He was yeah, and then and it's like yeah, so you can put together that he was the stable boy in the you know seventeen hundreds that she seduced and brought on and yeah, and now he's aging, and uh, he's finding out the whole movie is based on this premise that he was promised you know that a vampire promises uh, eternal life, mm-hmm. but we find out Catherine Deneuve's been like for six thousand years she's gone through a few dozen men where she doesn't tell him that like. It runs out after like a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you go, forever. you get like four hundred to four fifty, but then you get like a week when you get a like. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Oh, but also you exist. Yeah, you, you don't never die. stop existing. This movie, uh, you ever heard of the the fifties movie, The Incredible Shrinking Man? Mm-hmm. That scared me more than any movie. Man, I was, I lie awake because he just keeps movie. shrinking. He just keeps shrink- he exists the yeah. whole time. He's in nanoparticles suit. It's that's so horrifying. That's so much scary. The existing, and so you got a four hundred fifty year run. That's good. But the uh, the fact that she knows that they'll be conscious for the rest of it. Yeah, that's under the skin. And she just shit. puts him in a box. Yeah, she doesn't prop him up in a window. And no. she, and uh, the second time watching it, I noticed that yeah, when these people, when these vampire lovers age, wither, decay. They don't even get to sleep. Like he, she makes an she makes a mention like you'll never sleep. Yeah, you're never gonna die. You're just gonna be awake in this box now. For, on, for you're just thinking the about foreseeable rest of eternity. You're thinking about it for a while. Oh man, that's that's hell. That's horrifying. That that's was the hell, right? That whole sequence of him get a the I've never seen better getting old makeup in a movie. Wow, in my life, Dick I think Smith Dick did, Smith, yeah, did the, the makeup legend on this. And Carl Fullerton, I think, was the other one who, who got the... Oh, uh, another name. Yeah, he's a huge name. I mean, Dick Smith Dick Smith is the guy that's like, Savini's like, they're, they're taught yeah. me everything. Dick um, Smith is the makeup legend of a certain two decades, right? Yeah. And this, this uh, especially the particular 10-minute scene where David Bowie's waiting for Susan Sarandon to meet with him. Yeah. And he's just aging and aging. And it's so subtle, and the wrinkles, and then the hair starts falling out, and then... It is. Uh, it's sad. Some good makeup. Man. It is incredible makeup. It's, it's incredible. But yeah, people... and it's also so sad, and like you feel so terrible. And then you know he's he's basically by the time he gets to the super old version, he's like that. Uh, what's that Harmony Korean movie where they put on the old man masks? <laughs> he's like bad grandpa out there. Trash humpers or whatever <laughs> that one thing was. And he's like, kiss me. <laughs> and she's got to kiss this old rubber old man mask. Yeah, man, it's awful. It is this sad, so powerful, sad. but and this like sad piano music's playing under it the whole time. The sad cello and violin music that you're hearing. The cast and the crew, like this is an amazing movie. Tony Scott getting to make a movie for the first time after doing commercials and music videos. This is a cool stab at all of this. I mm-hmm. love, man. When so I love when somebody gets a chance to make a movie, but they're just like, I'm gonna make this movie. Getting just David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve in the first place to star in your vampire movie. That's just, that's cool. Yeah. It's weird watching this now when Catherine Deneuve's like my age peer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where she's younger than me now in the movie. Where all I know her is from is like a 22-year-old in all those French movies. Mm-hmm. Go back. I go back and listen to like our last Metro podcast. <laughs> go listen to our <laughs> umbre- some I, umbrellas of Cherbourg. Pro- uh, I know. I'm, I'm sure if I looked her up, I I, I don't know. I can't say any movie I know her from off the top of my head, but very much like the classic French actress. We would do. Re- would we would of. do Repulsion. 
there you or go. something, you know. But yeah, she's she's like the queen of France, right? She is the French actress, right? A vampiress is a cool role and a perfect role for her to play. She is cool enough and elegant enough in her beauty to come to pull this vampire off, and she's the perfect as this French queen one to pull off the malaise of being a vampire. Mm-hmm. There is boredom. You know, it's good to be the king, but also, like, got days. It's a lot of time. You got days. Yeah. The subtle loneliness that, that is, like, pervasive throughout this movie is really apparent. And so I love the, this Bowie side. It's a great twist, by the way, to have this David Bowie movie. And it's like, also, David Bowie dies, like, in the first act. Yeah, I, I thought that was very... Yeah, that, that's what shocked me the first time watching it was, like, David Bowie, you know, he doesn't, he, he's done a, he did a lot of movies. Yeah. But, uh, the, I think Bowie's a great actor. I love of, Bowie, yeah. like, oh. w- acting. What I, yeah. What, if, he, if he would have just acted full time, there could have been some, he could have been award worthy <laughs> actor. He was good. But the thing that surprises me with him is his, the lack of ego in his roles. Like, he's not trying to ever play a cool guy. He's in, in his movies. He take, he's got good taste. And so to, to take on this, role of like also basically your whole role is you're the you know used lover who then ages into a corpse and gets put in a box like but you know she's fucking some other guy <laughs> you know like right downstairs she's but in the fuck yeah they you get, know she's getting another lover so i've seen this movie so you saw you it's growing on you now right it's got its yeah. fangs in yet and i liked uh, it a lot more the second time Absolutely. and so i've seen it probably like four five times right and it just keeps it keeps building, growing and growing. I, I really was into it from the beginning, and now I think it's just like, man, there's... But then every year there's one in the 80s that I say, man, there's nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Man, it doesn't get better than this. Because how could I like The Lost Boys, anything more than The Lost Boys? Yeah, but then exactly. there's Near Dark, same year. Oh, shit. They're I all know. good. And The Hunger is its own specific kind of good, where Catherine L. Deneuve, her need to immediately find a new partner, I always find really interesting. I almost wondered if that was like a, for her own feeding, like if she needed a lover to be with her, or if she was just yeah that. But that like lonely. when you can exist through time and you're choosing to spend four hundred years with one person, that feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. David Bowie knew he's like, well, she can't be faking it. She could be doing. It's surprising. Her, her love need, is genuine. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it. Her that is the the sadness of this movie is how. She doesn't. She keeps hoping they don't age out. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she falls in love, like so, <laughs> she could have be doing. She could just be rotating through and like sexing up her victims, and like she could be living the vampire single life. She wants to partner down. She actually wants a life partner. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But also, she does messed up things. Like whenever she moves, she like takes all the the corpses with her. She's got to keep them with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's and yeah, that reveal of uh, her carrying old man Bowie up to his box and then seeing that there's eight to ten other boxes there, yeah, was like holy shit, really running through. I bet, but think of this you're Catherine Deneuve, you're 40, right? You exist for thousands of years, you could be pulling this as long you're not aging out, Mm -hmm. you look like you, you could be charming. New guy. It's crazy how devoted she is yeah, to all of these men, right? You'd think a perk of the vampire lifestyle is that you could, 
you're around to like, well, I got my pick of the litter at this point, right? You have other means to an end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, could, you have a lot of rules you don't need to adhere to. Yet she's adhering to these kind of strict societal rules. You, you know, know, it's a kind of fascinating character the more that I watch this. This sad vampire who's like, you know, you could change a couple of things and probably get more satisfaction. She loves too much. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things I do like about vampire stuff like this is that they're not a human. Like, they are a different beast. Totally. So it's almost as if, uh, yeah, we basically had to live around dogs and eat dogs. And that was all we had. <laughs> yeah. And we had to, we could make companions with one dog and they're our best friend for how, you know, but, but the, the idea, I guess it's just like, she's trying to find that connection to the human society that she has to live in, even though she's not, yeah. she eats us. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, the survivors have to live in society. Right? It's cool to have... The castle on the edge of town might work in Romania. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, society catches up to that. Right. You got to adjust. You got to move to the brownstone. Exactly. Well, yeah. When the town hasn't seen you age in 120 years, they're going to start asking People questions. People are going to figure it out. Yeah. Right? You got a shelf life on this. And I love... We, we tend to... We go a lot to these movies about a guy's shelf life running out. <laughs> That's like a theme with yeah. a lot of our movies where we're watching like the downfall of a man. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're seeing, and this is really like this is like watching Easy Breezy go down. And oh one man, day, right? <laughs> we're just see, we're seeing the end of it. We're, this is Bad Lieutenant, right? Yeah. Except one's like a crackhead cop, and this one's just like, look, you made it six thousand years. You're in BC, mm-hmm. deep BC. You lived through the times that the Bible was was written about. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. And you got to see hair. <laughs> the musical, apparently. Like, you had to do things. You know Bauhaus. Yeah, they go to the club. They're into the They're lifestyle. I do, kinda, I do like that she's got kind of like a 50s aesthetic in the dress and the hair and good. stuff. Like, I, I, I think it'd be funny if like she's always like one generation behind. Like, she just got to catch up oh, to the you fashion. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Right? You need so to adjust a bit. She's like doing the Charleston in 1950, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a thing anymore. Hold on. She passes off as like this retro vibe. But she's though. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's so cool. Uh, you talk about that opening, man, with Bauhaus. So, all right. When we when we did Sorcerer, mm-hmm. and the Sorcerer score is so good. The Tangerine Dream score. Mm-hmm. What an amazing piece of music. I found this interview with Friedkin where he's talking about going to see Tangerine Dream in Germany in a dark church. And just like, man, this guy is the coolest. Right. Like, oh my God. Seeing ta- yeah. And he's just talking like, yeah, I saw Tangier. It was like probably 1974. Like, oh my God. This guy knows things. And so I was listening to the hunger commentary. And Tony Scott goes, yeah, this band's the Bauhaus. And this is their song, <laughs> Bella Lugosi. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Yeah, so, this is the Bauhaus. They were, <laughs> he he didn't handpick these. He guys. didn't like scout Bauhaus, uh, ancient church or something. Their hit Bella. This is yeah. their big hit, Bella Lugosi. So it's like a vampire movie. So I heard there was a song about Bella. <laughs> He's like British. I don't know why I'm doing that. Yeah. yeah, but it did. If he was super into Bauhaus, didn't sound like a big Bauhaus fan. That's funny. And yeah, just a guy who's just like, oh yeah, I went to the coolest show of 1973, and I'm like, hey, do a score for the first time in your lives for my men like on the Lamb movie. 
then it's just like yeah we did this goth song well that's what yeah it's so surprising again there's everything about this movie surprised me because you open with this Bauhaus song and then the rest of it is like classical music like very mellow dramatic cellos and pianos and uh, very stirring emotionally but I like that they kind of chose living in that kind of old world of theirs yeah they're, yeah, they're living in, in this ornate way. mansion. Yeah, they've got antiques everywhere. The, not really, yeah, it's like kind of hiding in plain sight, right? They're mm-hmm. not. They're not exactly. They're not flaunting it out in the I streets, guess, but I mean, if you live through well. like centuries prior, like you have a leg up, but to become classic art dealers, that's true. That's like an easy profession to slide on into, right? If you you got some like, yeah, you know, they don't have the powers to predict like the box scores. The next day, you know, right. this isn't early edition, but, but this uh, is something uh, they picked up at a Roman market two thousand years ago. Yeah, you hold on to some now of this, a million. I got dollars. some stupid things from thirty years ago that yeah, exactly. That it would do all right. So if they're holding on to a nice vase, vampires are the original. Yeah, collectors market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they the fre- secondhand. Uh, they frequent the same gay market. clubs for victims. Mm-hmm. Like it all ties into the scene. That's why, that's why the gay thing is always so pervasive in vampire. It's like, yeah, they probably would exist within this same kind of culture. And then this, they exist on these like cool fringe nightclubs. Mm-hmm. These movies that, that opening shot. That, I can't. I'd probably love this movie if it was just this first ten minute credit scene. It's so good. It's just like, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Well, the rest of this. I was thinking, yeah, watching this, I was like, I wonder if Bauhaus was like, hey, can uh, we have this? Like, can this be our music video exactly. for this song? Yeah, how do you make it just cooler? And it was a cool presentation of Bauhaus, too. Mm-hmm. This, was a, this was cool Peter Murphy, right? Great era of Peter Murphy to be on film. But then it's intercut with, like, monkey horror. Yeah. Which is now officially the scariest thing to me. Ever since, no, monkey horror is the biggest nightmare of my life. Yeah, I, I love how, yeah, Susan Sarandon and, and the team is, like, studying sleep and aging. And they're like, we got to do it on monkeys, obviously. <laughs> yeah, once you have a monkey go berserk and murder another monkey while Peter Murphy's... But at the same and time, you never you're... really find out why that monkey does that, either. They're just like, damn, that monkey went crazy. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't sleep enough. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. The sleep deprivation. We're tied to... Some of these themes of this movie don't seem like fully complete threads. Yeah. <laughs> I can fully say that I still don't totally understand the ending. I don't mm. stand the time. I don't understand. I don't know how they work. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And some of it I'm willing to just kind of like, I'm going to look past. Well, because, yeah, it's this, it's this very funny story of... Funny story. It's, this <laughs> it's juxtapos- a juxtaposition of this classic vampire story, but then like the modern science of blood analysis. So there's this whole thing of like, there's another animal's blood in your blood, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? That's that should not be happening. It's insane. And then that nothing else happens with that. Like the other scientists don't go like, did whatever happened to that? Yeah, there's some... remember how that colleague of ours uh, went crazy and had some other blood in her, and now we don't see her anymore. Yeah, even the uh, admittedly like the interaction between Bowie and Sarandon feels kind of like wasted. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't tie in enough. Yeah. Like she sees this man aged fifty years in an, on a couch in two hours, and she's just like, "Wait, I need to talk." Well, all right, he's gone. <laughs> Oh, you were actually serious like, before. Minimal huh? pursuit after this man that she saw like a miracle witnessed in front of her, right? Yeah. She like follows him to the elevator. It's just like, what are you going to do? And yeah, no, the other nurse who's like been sitting there watching him age the whole time is just like, would you like a cup of coffee? Yeah. 
like, so uh, maybe some missed opportunities, right? But yeah. it's making up in such these other these other strengths. Uh, I found out this important thing about Catherine Deneuve. This this is incredible. I love this kind of thing, and it kind of it makes me think about her character, right? As this mm. woman who's choosing this loyalty while also really being able to live whatever lifestyle she chooses. She could live in rural Maine. Mm-hmm. Right. She doesn't have to live in, you know, England or in uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But others have to live in Nebraska. Right? So, Catherine, I found out during this movie, you think, get somebody like Deneuve on a movie with David Bowie. There's bound to be stories, right? And I looked into it. She dated a camera operator oh. <laughs> for like a couple years that okay. she met on this movie. You imagine find out Starlet dated the director. I, I was expecting you to tell me her and, and Bowie slept together. I yeah. mean, that would make sense, right? Just from the level of celebrity. Yeah. You find out David Bowie slept with Catherine. It's like, yeah, probably. probably. If you're like, like, you wouldn't be shocked if Mick Jagger slept with Catherine Deneu. I was like, yeah. Or David Bowie. Yeah, I've that heard adds that story up. too. All of this adds <laughs> up, right? But to find out some camera operator. Who is this guy? That's a smooth customer right Who there. Who is this guy? Yeah. What else did he shoot? What did he say to pull 41-year-old vampire Catherine Deneuve? I want to know how many steps it took. Mm-hmm. Was he filming? Did he make one joke? How quick did this guy <laughs> land it? Like, what was it? Maybe but, he, like, lit her cigarette. Like, he was the only gentleman on the crew. Oh, there. man. I'd love to know how this guy did it. But that's one of those things. Two years, I bet he was married. <laughs> like, if you're married, but then you're just like, Catherine Deneuve. Like, got a shot. like, what are the odds? <laughs> right? Like, come on. I, I've i made bad decisions in my life for much less outcome of dating, like, Ava Mendez for two years. <laughs> you take Catherine for two years, like, well, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what else, what else cool is going to happen. But then that camera him? operator aged. Oh, he's still alive and he's suffering. <laughs> he's in a box somewhere. His wasn't 400 years. He went out in two. Yeah. And that's tougher. He That's burned tougher. a little brighter. You only get to experience like a couple premieres mm-hmm. with her, right? You don't get to live through the adv- the age of film like Bowie did, right? But right. that's a, you know, they've evolved into this like swinger lifestyle. So she's partnered up, but also understands like I, the rules are different. Mm-hmm. So I like, and that feels like a good goth vampire swinger couple. Bowie and those two, they kind of recognize early, like, we could fit in in goth clubs. Yeah. Thankful of the goth scene. Some eras looked better. I bet during the Renaissance, they're like, we could do Renaissance. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they were in the disco clubs in the 70s. And, uh, yeah, they're, you know, I I like the, uh, when, when David Bowie's getting older, he has the idea of, like, well, if I feed, maybe that'll help me stay young. Yeah. So he tries to go after, like, you know, he thinks about a guy going after a guy in the bathroom, but that guy's much younger and fitter than him. Yeah. Then he tries to get a guy who's on roller skates, and that guy fights him off, and he has to run off. I, I like the idea of the like non superhero kind of vampire who's like a weakened trying state. to get a kill in, but can't yet. Yeah, also knows if I get caught, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. Like you, the last thing you want to do as a vampire is get a murder rap on you. A vampire getting all of his, like, vampire privileges suddenly revoked. Yeah. And <laughs> having to do a quick adjustment that's futile. And probably another reason why this movie was not well-liked is that he eventually brutally murders, like, an 11-year-old girl. <laughs> to try oh, sure. to feed his hunger. Yes. That scene is He uh, smothers and, like, and kills this girl. Yeah. 
It is not a quick kill. That's the thing. This uh, when we're presented with these first two kills that they do, you know, with stabbing him in the jugular and like, it's kind of this writhing sex. Like Peter Murphy's yeah. writhing. There's monkey violence, and they're like charming these people. You oh, know, they're, they're the they're weird partying. couple, but they're like, yeah, come back to our mansion. We'll do some blow. Mm-hmm. Our house looks like a Billy Squire video. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it, 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 yeah, it's like got the uh, like they must have had a fog machine going on in that apartment because everything is just like oh, this movie is through the when fog. I say gauzy earlier, yeah. I think just like yeah, everything is just this like it's the set of beat it. Everything, yeah, everything is like blind, uh, you know, blinds uh, with lights shining through them. I love a movie oversaturated light. I love a movie that uh, I love this shit whenever whenever it happens. If if David Bowie or somebody's just in a room and there's a random red light shining off the camera for some reason, or like a blue light, cool. Yeah. Do it. Go for it. Like, I love it. Yeah. Just give me a random light that's not coming from a completely unspecified source. Light it like a music video. It looks great. I love when Breathless or, a, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, give me this 80s lighting. It looks so good. What's the one with Richard Gere? American Gigolo. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Give me that soft, gauzy texture. Hell yeah, I want to sit in it. It's <laughs> the thread count on this movie, right? It's so silky. I am so into the look of The Hunger, and people were not ready for it. Exactly, yeah. People were not ready for this car, sexy car commercial of a vampire movie that's filled with like violence and sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was asking a lot of the people in 1983, right? It's, I mean, yeah, it, it feels very unflinching. When when you're looking at it, the uh, the good and the bad. Um, I was again pretty surprised by the sex scene between Deneuve and Susan Sarandon. Yeah, the lesbian scene that they have when she finally seduces her, and uh, that uh, yeah. That I mean, was that was like, this was a wow. shocking thing at the time, yeah. too. This was like a, not controversial necessarily, but this is a, this is a very sexy scene to put in this movie, right? Yeah. Because we never saw Bowie and, uh, and Danu like intimate, mm-hmm. right? They, they were together for, you know, this is the end of at least a 300 year long relationship. But you are also getting the sense that the Bowie, the, the Bowie 300 years were her favorite. Hmm. feels like at least at least we're seeing that maybe her time man she that means she would live through like the northman times where was she during that where did she go stories you could tell if anybody had liked this movie (laughs) that's what i mean yeah i i like that this movie lets your imagination build around that but like imagine living from just this idea i get hooked in immediately to a, a groundhog day like scenario where you're just living this prolonged existence mm-hmm. so you can experience things and you have to accept the idea that you're going to be here for a bit that acceptance it, it kind of hooks me in that yeah you got this uh, this long life you know like the, the green mile the guy he's like well everybody i know is dead mm. and i don't you don't know how like i bet the first five hundred thousand, who knows how many years of that life are you expect expecting death you have to be a long, a, like alive for a while before you're like, well, I guess I'm just, it's never happening. Right. So we miss those years of her life. So this year, she's like adapted, but she's, you know, you're living in sight, right? And it's this amazing, imagine living from the 1680s from the, to the 1980s. 
And this gives us the perfect little glimpse into this feeling, right? While always feeling firmly in 1983. Yeah, definitely. Very much so. Yeah, it definitely was a, a feels like it's a very modern take but, on this old vampire yeah, story. We don't really know how old she is. We see the bodies. Assume a few have been lost along the way in transport. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, you she, never know. Transport couldn't have been that great in like ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. Right? But we get the sense that she had it pretty good in ancient Egypt from the looks of those clips. So she might have been up to it way before then. Yeah, she looks like she's queen status already by ancient Egypt. Yeah, she's clearly lo- in whatever these few the flashbacks we get. <laughs> I kind of like this gr- this great idea where she has this, you know, uh, Manhattan walk up, and then it cuts back to Cleopatra times, and she she has like whatever the Cleopatra version of like a nice downtown walk up. Yeah, <laughs> would be like she's not living in a palace with guys fanning her with ferns, but she's like bedding a pretty hot babe. She's got a nice Egyptian with with a penthouse. nice like open air penthouse corner suite. Right, it's very clear she has the ancient Egypt version of like a really nice apartment. Yeah, whatever like whatever their version of like this. a you know glass chandelier is like she's got that. Yeah, she's got the nice digs. Yeah, and so it's clear she was already really good with it then, but. Like, I'm just fascinated. Like, I just don't know. I don't think I would be able to survive before the 50s or 60s. And so this idea of survival and suddenly faced with this realization. Imagine David Bowie's now been long around long enough that the thought of aging has long since passed his mind. This blindsides him like a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. I'm also unsure and unclear of how... of. Feels like the vampires in this movie can also just kind of die by human stuff. Hmm. And that confuses me. Like, David Bowie's really careful in traffic. I guess, I mean, like, I guess you can't be open about how, how much, but they feel like human means can kill them. Yeah. And that feels really impossible to live 6,000 years if you can get, like, the mumps or TB <laughs> or something, right? Well, like they, oh, a cab could kill him. They Shit. Definitely, How did they adjust to cars? They make a yeah. They make a point to say that the blood is stronger than human blood. So I think that takes care of your infectious diseases and whatnot. Got it. But yeah, they are fast healers. I don't that think is you want to get flattened by a Mack truck as a vampire. That's I don't a, think that would work out. Picture well how for many you. animals could have ripped them to shreds over the years. How many how many deaths gone wrong could have happened? Survival feels really tough to get to her level. Takes a long time to stack those bodies. You got to be careful. Yeah. yeah, I love the glimpses into her physical power we get. Yes, yeah. We don't get a lot of it, and it's so so cool. The like you said earlier, her carrying Bowie. When my brain kind of caught up to me that she's just kind of carrying him like a little baby. <laughs> yeah, like up steps, and it looked totally normal. She was just she so was not s- struggling. No. Yeah, I do like that. There's I think a, she throws, like, she really throws There's a Sarandon. scene where, yeah, she throws Sarandon kind of across the room. And you get the sense, like, there's a lot more power under there than... But also, it's a very... She's, like, her psychic power. She seems to have... Yeah. The the kind of Bella Lugosi stare that hypnotizes people. And uh, I like the, the... The second time around watching it, I really liked much more Susan Sarandon's kind of going crazy montage of seeing her mm. everywhere and hearing this phone ringing that's not ringing and this kind yeah, of they kind of get into this real like of, de palma vibe yeah it feels like she's already kind of like it's almost i was thinking a little bit just because they like i said they never say vampire or whatever like almost feels more like a succubus or demon type entity 
Yeah. That is like can can infect your your psyche a little bit there. I I'm I, I like I really like love movies. Like I like a good romance, right? I like I I can really connect. Love's it's great, right? <laughs> not everybody gets to love, you know? Not it's a privilege. Mm. And the idea that you know, she needs this human blood, but like she's clearly like addicted to love. Like imagine well the imagine the options she has, right? And so this idea that she's just she falls quick. I like this idea of this of a vampire who kind of falls fast. Mm-hmm. A vampire that gets crushes. And also she can pull it. And also it's for like <laughs> at least three hundo. Like that's so I love this idea of like a, a hot crush that you're just like then you're just kind of like bickering. Because right. you know there was some bickering ones in there. Does she oh, get yeah. rid of them? Does she get sick of guys? Does does everyone go to the full length, the distance with her? Because she's seen the, uh, she's implied that she's seen other deaths, so she's had these deep loves before. It's tough. It's a no different. Like if your long loved pet dies, are you the type to go out and immediately get a new pet? Mm-hmm. Or are you just like, no, man, I love. Gotta keep this other memory alive, right? Or do you need that new pet so bad? Like she needs the pet. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you have to be a groomer in this lifestyle. She's co- constantly looking for options, but I'm just always impressed by her sticking with the option. You're not meeting like a cute checkout girl at the grocery store, and going like, "Oh, I could do this." <laughs> I am forty year old Catherine Deneuve. Like I can, right? We can all do this. Well, even like, uh, yeah, because Susan Sarandon. You know, she falls for her and, and is seduced by her psychically and all that. And they have, they, they make love, they bite each other. So she's got the blood in her. But she doesn't want to be a, a vampire. She yeah, she, wanna, didn't, she, she doesn't She want did this. not sell. She's a strong 80s doctor, you know, figure. She's an independent woman. She's writing books. She's leading this. She's got a great man. Like, she's got her life that she wants. And I, and, uh, I, I like that aspect of her just being like, I don't want to just be your plaything. I don't want to, you know, but then she's got this hunger now that yeah. she has to deal with. Um, yeah. Also, uh, that's the scene where she brings home the other guy later in the movie. Yeah. And he kind of rides the elevators up and down is looking for her. That was a scary scene, too. Very That much. dude was scared. That, that scared me. Yeah. That was uh, so well done. The use of negative space in this movie. The use of, like, black and just seeing a little bit of the action over in the corner. Or, yeah. Uh, or white, having all this white coming in through the windows and having Susan Sarandon kind of in the corner of the shot. I really liked all those choices that that Tony Scott was making. I think this is an amazing... Like, for your first feature, Tony Scott is... He didn't get... Ridley Scott had made some absolute <laughs> film classics, right? Tony Scott is underappreciated mm. for the amount of genres he bounced around through and was able to, like... He was a hit maker. I love the fact that this guy got shut down, written off as a music video director after he's proved him right with The Hunger. Mm-hmm. But four years later, Top Gun. Yeah, to come back. To come back on Top and Gun. And then your next movie, yeah, after just that. Just shut everybody. Just like, all right, I guess he gets to exist forever. <laughs> like, just shut him up, right? What a great story. Yeah. I mean, what a story. I mean, he's just like, yeah, now we're doing Days of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, he's doing it. Yeah. True romance? Sure. Yeah. Can't wait to do The Last Boy Scout. Oh, I can't wait to do The Fan. The Fan? The ba- the, that's the Wesley yeah. Snipes, De Niro, Wesley Barry Snipes Bonds and De Niro. one. And uh, I think when we were looking him up last time, I was like, oh yeah, Crimson Tide. Mm. He's got a ton of movies. 
Give me some enemy of the state. Oh yeah, that's a Hackman Smith one, right? That's a good that was one. Scott. Right? That's a good one. Come on, yeah, I would do any of those tomorrow. This could be a Tony Scott podcast. The fact <laughs> that we went, we jumped to this one. How and, can and, this and, be so misunderstood? How can you watch this movie and not feel like at least something's happening here? Yeah, whether you like it or not, like this is something worth seeing. This is it, something worth like making. I think so. There's there's art there's uh there's art in this thing. This is yeah, this is this more is a, than a, a Hyundai commercial. This is a big visual feast and uh I I get really emotional. Uh I mean I don't think it's abnormal. Like aging scares me. Yeah. You know, I, I fear it's not aging. a great feeling. I all these movies, the Irishman, you know, mm, mm-hmm. the end isn't always great. Even if you're up here. You know, you can get knocked down. The end can, like, uh, take dignity away. Yeah. Right? You can end an undignified way. Any one of us. We can't <laughs> choose, right? Could be lame. Could be a bad Could be. one. Probably not going to be great. I mean, Could get a bad one. Yeah. There's way more bad ones, it feels, than there are good ones. Right? Like, I don't know what the best possible one is. I don't know what the cool death is. <laughs> I don't know what cool death is. That's a good question. I, well, because uh, but there's way more bad options. A cool death is like you got to you know burn out at the top of your game. Yeah. So anytime but a cool, you're but, fading away and aging, that's not. There's nothing cool about aging and getting bigger or you know fatter and older and right. You know the that aging makes process like is an undignity. Right? It's a like, con- yeah. It's yeah. a constant attack on our on our ego. Yeah. And vanity, right? We all have them. It's a constant... And, like, it would suck to live as David Bowie. And the David Bowie in this movie was clearly getting the perks of real-life Bowie. Right? This guy was doing well. <laughs> and to then suddenly have it, like, swooped away. Like, to you have to yeah. suddenly ask... You've lived a life of not asking questions. And now suddenly, the fear that Bowie was able... Him being in the movie for this relatively short amount of time susan sarandon's probably in this movie more than he is Mm -hmm. which is crazy when i think of think of this movie i think of him because the pain when he's asking like how long does it take what's happening to me this he brings so much to this dying vampire we don't get to see him thrive we don't see him as the hunky flaxen-haired stable boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know we don't get to see the other good times we see some of the worst times that's a, yeah. I think it's so great that he even just did this movie. It was like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll do that character. Yeah. Uh, and uh, man, it's it's almost like is that even him in the old man makeup at the end? You you can't tell. Yeah. The just, the frailty I've, he's he brings to this old man. He ate. Yeah. What was it? Something like yesterday. I was thirty. Now you know I'm a young man. Yeah. Like we've all noticed the the grays. At this point, we notice like spots that we didn't used to have, right? right. It's happening. The wrinkles. That it's are happening right in front of up. us. Yep. Like things change on this body all the time, right? You notice, <laughs> you notice <laughs> different things, better. right? Yeah. And yeah, this concept of like a week long aging after you've gotten pretty comfortable <laughs> for 400 years, right? There is this immediate humbling vibe where suddenly you're just an asshole waiting in a room on a couch, right? And you're just get you're just getting it worse and worse with every passive minute. Yeah. And then when you're already like, you would not believe the day I've I've aged fifty years. <laughs> he also gets some classic New York City 
when some cab driver's like, hey, you stupid old fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, some cab driver just dunks on this, on Bowie hard. This guy yeah. aged 50 years. Imagine how shitty your day has been. You tried to knife a roller skating punk in a <laughs> in yeah. some, some uh, you know, basement. That went terribly. So you are losing everything. And then you get called like an old fuck. Come on. (laughs) I'm a young man. Yeah. I was a young man. Just like, oh, the feeble slash when he couldn't like fully just like kill shot that roller skater. He he barely, Bowie's like running off quick. And the guy's like, hey, you cut me, man. Like, whoa, he didn't, he barely like grazed him then. Right. Yeah. If the guy's just like, hey, what the hell? Like he's lost all of it. And, uh. For Bowie to be able to physically kind of do that old man run that he does is yeah. just so. Uh, De Niro I, could it's never. It's a great performance. Right? Um, and when he asked to finally resort to killing a child, you know, when he's that acceptance where he is aging so fast that this girl doesn't recognize him from the day before. Mm-hmm. He's just some weird old guy suddenly unexplainedly living in Catherine Deneuve's house. Where the day before they played music together. Right. Like, this lifestyle that's completely foreign to me, and yet somehow this brought together with this aging process that we don't escape it. Nobody Mm -hmm. does. The only ones that escape it are the ones that didn't see it coming. (laughs) You know? And then you wonder, is that the best way to go? The like, man, he didn't see that bus coming. Whomp. Yeah. Didn't feel nothing. Done. Moving on to sitting in your coffin for the next eternity. It's a that's that's a scary thing to think about too, just that idea of like if you got sick. You know, like he looks like you know, in a way you could relate this to someone who has AIDS or yeah, who has cancer or whatever. The way he just like ages, drops off a cliff, feels helpless and feeble and yeah. The woman who he loves doesn't recognize you know, or you know, doesn't yeah. doesn't want him around. Would rather he's in a box. <laughs> right. Would rather he be in a box upstairs. Like I love how Catherine. She, I, she still has like a hard time calling it up. Like she feels bad. She's no better at like breaking up with a person mm-hmm. than right. any other idiot. Being like, a, I just I don't. I like, can't she do can't this. explain. Yeah, yeah, she can't explain it. Right. She's still bad at it. And I love that. And this, you know, aging is uh, is scary. I think if you're afraid of death, then. By logic, the best death is the one that you don't experience at all, right? You didn't see it coming. It takes you out immediately. The uh, When you talk a cancer patient, it's not just having to face your death, but knowing it's coming. Yeah. And it's coming sometime soon, but you don't know quite when. You know, we all have imminent death syndrome. <laughs> we all do something every day that is capable of killing us. Mm. We escape it till now. I drove to Oakland and back the other day. Like, eh, something could have gone bad. Right. Ran through a pothole. That could have popped my tire. Done. It's It could happen any day, right? And so they have to balance this like, well, we have to live. We can't be agoraphobes. This vampire lifestyle forces movement. Forward right. shark-like movement. They got to feed. And to now be humbled to the level of having to suffocate like an 11-year-old. Hmm. When we think of a good death, bad death scenario, not too high on my list is being slowly suffocated by like a weak man. <laughs> Old clammy hand. Like how sucky would it mouth. be to, for like to, because I think like when you're, um, if you're like getting beat to death, 
or like choked to death. There's a moment where you're like, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is happening. And I think it would suck so hard to be like a fucking 140 pound old man. This dude's doing it. Yeah. This guy's getting me. I think there'd be a little bit of a like. I hate that. Like, is there a like, in the moment, is it like, gotta hand it? Like, do you give him the credit? Or is it just like, nah, this sucks. I got it bad. I got a lame one. I don't think I would have to hand it to anyone who's uh, choking me I don't out. know how. I'm going to try and keep a gotta hand it to, but I can, I could slip at Trader Joe's and just be like, lying on the Trader Joe's, just like, shit. Yeah. Is this is, once you have, I think we all going to get that moment of, unless we don't see it come, we're all going to get the like, oh shit, this is it. And I'm being choked by a, by weak David Bowie, like a backpack. Mm-hmm. I was not exp- the first time I saw this. I was shocked when it became not a David Bowie movie anymore, and just a Susan Sarandon movie. That's a crazy pivot. Yeah. Another thing I love. I'd never Tony yeah. stopped for. He's like, I'm gonna make this movie. I'm gonna button hook you in the middle. That guy's gone. Here's some hard lesbian scenes. <laughs> like what a what a dude. What a guy, right? And then to come back with Top Gun and being like, guess what, boys. I'm putting the gayest film scene in a movie. <laughs> Guess what, boys? <laughs> Guess what I'm doing? <laughs> like, you can't tell me anything. You didn't think uh, David Bowie playing the cello was gay enough? How <laughs> about beach volleyball? I love how he does this classy, like, Susan Sarandon lesbian love scene with Denise, right? They're covered tastefully with, like, kind of, like, draperies. Yeah. And, you know, you can see... But then they're also laying there, like, super, like... You know, it's, it's sexy, right? But it's then like, it, like... There's also this movie does this a few times where in The Hunger, something kind of sexy or, or kind of sweet or soft or melancholic is happening. Mm-hmm. But then you've, you're you getting this like the dark kind of music cue where and the, there's a lot of these like those really off kilter strings that you're getting throughout the movie and this kind of like heartbeat rhythm of things pounding. Oh, sure. so there's, you're, a, there's a constant heartbeat running you're through this, this movie. Yeah, you, you get this really seductive scene between them they, they're making love they're doing all this I, thing but i like then our, it's like then it's just like this like yeah we get some clanging industrial kind of turning real, it on and then it real. gets yeah then it gets scary and she's she's chewing on her arm and stuff but i love this idea Gross. of like denu has been around long enough so i don't know you know i'm i fall in love with every woman i I see. Women are like they're great, right? They're so like I love movies. I love people looking good in movies, right? Yeah. It's easy to fall in love with these people, right? That's why I understand how impossible it is for an actor-actor relationship to work. You're around nothing. You're pretending to fall in love with the most beautiful people ever, right? Mm-hmm. Tough to tough to keep it. And so the idea that she's keeping it, right? And the idea that maybe she's better. She's done it enough now where she just knows what she wants. But it seems like she's a girl who's still prone to a crush. There's a kind of, there's a dignity, there's an austerity to still be able to like fall in love, right? And she seems to genuinely, it doesn't seem totally desperate. Mm-hmm. But I like that the the moves of desperation have seeped in to her vampire. I think it's such a good vampire character. And Sarandon's turn is almost more feral. Yeah, definitely. You see Bowie's end, you see Sarandon's beginning. We haven't talked about her great. I love Cliff DeYoung. Her sure. boyfriend. Her boyfriend. What a yeah. guy. Uh, I know like, she. She's. Uh, yeah. She takes a very much more that modern chunky kind of vibe with yeah. her vampirism. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, modern junkieism is a thing that we've gotten a lot in everybody's vampire movie. Right. Talk about a different movie. You get the Abel Ferrara vampire movie mm. with Lily Taylor. Isn't there a Robert Loja vampire movie? <laughs> Shit. We got so many vampire oh, movies yeah. to cover. Uh, I know, but <laughs> I, yeah, I do love the uh, the bit where Susan Sarandon's like, got, got the hunger and she's trying to get away and she just cannot get a cab. To save her life. <laughs> totally. <laughs> She's on the payphone, and we get the cool Willem Dafoe, uh, John Pankow cameo. Oh, yeah, our boy Pankow. Pankow and Dafoe showing up for a one-line each one line. cameo. What a land. I love when that, how'd that happen? That's, I love how that know, just right? works out. And, um, yeah, we get to see, we also get, we have like a weird Dan Hedaya character. Yeah. He has tooth prosthetics. Okay, choice. he did have. Okay, yes. I was Dan wondering does why not have his teeth, teeth. look so weird like that. Yeah, well, he also. I was struck because he has a full head of hair. So he's uh, always had a good head of hair, right? Always, yeah, I it's always like think a of thi- it was a. He usually balding. has it slicked back. Yeah, maybe that's it. He has it slicked, and it was fluffy. Yeah, he had fluffy curly hair. Usually, he's like a real slick back. Did the word mook exist before Dan Hadaya? <laughs> The face on this, know. what a face. Yeah. I watched Blood Simple this last weekend. What a mm. guy, right? But this is the least Dan Hedaya I've seen. Usually every movie I'm excited for Dan Hedaya. I think I'm offended by tooth prosthetics. I hate prosthetic teeth. Yeah. And so, to get this character actor, it's like, you know, give him these dumb teeth. Well, then he's also, he's another one of those threads that doesn't go anywhere. Like Kinda, he's investigating yeah. the death of the child. He shows up, asks a couple questions, and then shows up at the end where she's already left. Yeah, I love so this. He doesn't really get we to see Dan and Dia show up and the vampires already like skipped town and it's just like, oh cool. So I guess we went on the cops journey. <laughs> yeah. So like, like I guess we needed that. Well, I'm not solving this case. But it sucks when it's like one of the coolest guys. It's like, oh Dan and Dia's in a vampire movie? Sounds great. It's just like, oh he's this guy. Yeah. Anyway, but Susan Sarandon's going through the junkie phase where she's keeping secrets from her boyfriend. So we get that aspect. And I love how it would be tough to explain why, like, now that Catherine Deneuve is a peer of mine in this mm-hmm. film, like, if I had to explain to anybody else why I went to Catherine Deneuve's house for four hours, that without, like, being able to fully account for the time, it's a tough one. And I'm also eating the bloodiest steak of my life. Oof. A lot of flags. Tony Scott makes this scene so good. You also have this... I don't know what it means. I don't care what it means. I just love how it looks where these two hot women are just swimming in the background. I don't know why they're eating in a steakhouse that directly overlooks a swimming pool. Yeah. And I don't care. It's a really, yeah, that scene in particular, (laughs) it's like they keep cutting to these two women in the pool. And I never understood that they were literally next to them, like in the, in the scene until you kind of like finally cut away and you see them sitting at a table that overlooks the pool. Yeah. So I kept thinking yeah, like Yeah, you're getting cut-ins like it's a totally different location that it turns out it's just like no, it's right down just there. Like thinking of some people <laughs> in a pool somewhere. Yeah, it made it seem like she was just like imagining like hot babes that she was going to feed on. This she's like, "Oh no, she's just checking." She's just looking she's just right at those down there. People right there, yeah. While she's smoking a cigarette while she's eating a steak. I know. Smoking does look cool. You're right. <laughs> no. It's no. so cool. The smoking is so gross in this movie. I hate how bad I want to smoke. I keep seeing cool smoking. Oh, there's so much so smoking cool. in this In movie. Blood Simple, John Getz has this long-ass cigarette just hanging out of his lip like yeah. he's Dale Gribble. And he's got, like, no shirt but, like, jeans on. I'm like, shit, that is cool. <laughs> that is cool. I can't go there, man. Man, I had a Little League coach in Healdsburg. 
Tom Mangini. I never saw him without sunglasses except one time at a funeral. He coached with no shirt. He wore like tight black jeans. He was like a skinny but like ripped dude. And he always had an unlit cigarette in front of his mouth. He once hit an ump. Cool ass dude. (laughs) Fucking cool dude. Tom Mangini. Coach Tom. The sickest dude. This guy lived good. Love him. I, he probably did. There's no way. He's I don't think Coach. <laughs> oh man, he was cool. It was one. He was the perfect vibe of that dirt bag, real dirt bag. Yeah. It was good with kids, and somehow the parents liked him. But this was not a guy that my parents should have liked. Yeah, I made the All Star <laughs> team that season because of Coach Tom. But also, he hit a guy. Right. He hit a guy, and my parents were cool with it. It takes a type, right? It takes a type to be a Coach Tom. I love. This whole theme of the movie, the thing that gets me the most, David Bowie, again, I cannot state how good David Bowie is in this. He's great. He's good in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. He's good in Labyrinth. Right. Labyrinth. You know, Labyrinth is great. Man Who Fell From Earth is great. He's just good at acting. But I get this, this understanding, this thing that we all want, I think. I want it. <laughs> I think you'll understand it. When he looks at Catherine Neuve, who he has been in real love with, and it was reciprocated for 400 years now. Mm-hmm. The line, think of me how I was. We kind of all want that, right? We want to be remembered like cool. Right. We can't choose. We don't get to choose how we get remembered. We don't know how it goes. You hope for the best. Yeah. If you get a bad end, you we have high odds to be remembered by our death. The death could define us very easily. Mm-hmm. So you hope, you know... Hey, think of me as I was. That's really, that's my whole sentiment on life, I think. I think that's what this movie captures. Right, yeah, they don't right? They don't uh, show your, like, death portrait at the funeral. No, They man. show a nice, smiley, happy photo of you from, from the good times. I have zero clue what happened to Tom Mangini of Healdsburg, California. But I remember him as just a guy getting away with being a cool dirtbag. Tight black jeans. That's how he would want you to remember. Tight, but who could get away today coaching a little league practice with no shirt? <laughs> could not happen. We used to allow more dirt bags. When I went to Giants games as a child, there was men in cutoff jean shorts with no shirts and a cigarette. That was within our lifetime. Definitely. That was within your and my lifetime. And, sir, we are very mortal. <laughs> Catherine Deneuve lived through I'm a young man like they lived through cut off jean shorts like cigarette hanging from lip like they yeah, lived yeah. through disco right so I've already lived through a time in life where Tom Mangini was possible and that's how my I remember Tom Mangini as he was but you could be David Bowie as cool as David Bowie like Michael Hutchins Michael Hutchins cool guy a lot of people remember how Michael Hutchins died <laughs> If you get found hanging from the back of a doorknob yeah. with sex stuff, that's going to land. That's going to stick out. That's tough. That's a tough one to overcome. If David Bowie was a vampire who died in 9-11, <laughs> you're, re- you're rewriting his story. Suddenly, sad guy. So we all want to be thought of a certain way. We don't have any control. We can try our best mm-hmm. to be remembered for the best stuff and have people... You know, minimize the amount of shit people remember that's bad about us, right? We all kind of want that. And I like how we get the vamp. Like, everybody's got to face it. That humanizing quality that 
I bet if a vampire could choose a lot of human qualities, they wouldn't choose, oh yeah, you gotta face your death. And you yeah. got, and you hope you rem- and you hope your lover like remembers you as like when you were hot yesterday. Remember how good I looked in the suit? <laughs> <laughs> like that was one day ago. Yeah. Oh, that kiss between them. That is sad. It's such a sad kiss. God, Catherine Drew's like crying while she kisses 98-year-old Texas Chainsaw Massacre Grandpa Bowie. Imagine you're like uh, 1983. You're you're going out to the movie. You heard this this hot pop star David Bowie's in a new cool vampire movie. And then, yeah, like a half hour in, it's like she's kissing this old man, crying, and and he's done out of the movie. Like, out. No wonder audiences were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, imagine like, imagine a woman who likes the Let's Dance video. Exactly. Right? It's a great video. And then you're just like, oh, he plays like a vampire and he looks and dresses exactly like David Bowie in every trailer. It just looked like a David Vo- Bowie vehicle. Mm-hmm. And be like, also, you get to see him age out hard, fast, undignified, and sad. Bold move. He gets to Bold come move, back at Scott. the end, though. Um, he does make a comeback when Catherine... So, again, I don't understand the ending. I love it, I don't it, get though. it. I love it. I don't understand it. So everybody's really the, confident about I don't know the rules it. of it, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how vampires die. I don't know this world. I don't so, know how they die. Something's up with that onk uh, stabber that they've got, that little knife. Because, yeah, Susan Sarandon doesn't want to be the vampire. Her and Catherine Deneuve have, have, have a kiss at the end. Where Sarandon stabs herself with Danu's onk, and there's something going on that, like the blood. There's the something blood with the blood them. transfer, but I don't know the ratios. It breaks the it seemingly breaks the curse because all the old lovers get out of their boxes and attack her. Yeah, and then they decompose and go away while she ages into a corpse at the end. There, right, and then we finally then the last shot is basically Susan Sarandon has now become the head vampire she's living in barcelona somewhere with some young lovers <laughs> yeah and denuve's in the box screaming at the end i so she's now the lover who will she's never the die. first one that's trapped yeah sarandon just took her baton and she's going yeah. off right so, so i don't totally tr- understand the transfer of power because it also feels like sarandon hits out of town quick because dan hadaya comes back like he's just checking up on the case and yes. everybody's gone everybody's gone and yes sarandon would have had to be the one who like talks to the lawyers to, yeah and the real estate people we to skip put ahead up. a lot through a lot of stuff that Sh- susan Sar- yeah. a lot of paperwork that sarandon would have had to go through yeah but we i think we do i think the movie actually takes us to like an 80 year flash forward oh yeah she seems to be living in like a totally different era already because she has a whole family that built could happen yes yeah. uh Deneuve's screaming in a box somewhere but she has like there's people of varying age in her little she's in a different that kind of century well it. it's just because all vampires love moving to these penthouse suites with a real nice balcony that's that is definitely tony scott's style of vampire right every vampire this movie had like a corner apartment penthouse suite just for their section of time right with with <laughs> That's his favorite. Long, vib- flowing, transparent, you know, translucent drapes everywhere. And mm. Tony Scott's vampires love cascading <laughs> drapes. Yeah. Love them. And, of course, uh, doves everywhere. 
Dude, there's up in a, the attic, the, up in the crawl the space. The fog machine like this looks like a Prince video. Yeah, a lot of times. That's why I say the Billy Scribe. Like, if I looked up, like it would not shock me if Tony Scott did the "Rock Me Tonight" mm-hmm. video. Lone Squire in his bedroom, like rolling around his pillows, and he has his like draped bed. Absolutely, same exact coloring as the Hunger. I don't know which one came first. I know. But they each ruined a man's career. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Are there doves in that Squire video? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is music video directing. So that feels like the most obvious, but the laziest criticism. Mm -hmm. That felt more like a bunch of people that wanted to take a guy down a notch. Music video. You know, derogatory term music, you know. Right. Yeah, well, Spike Jones, you know, Michelle Gondry, right? Like, this was a pioneering music video director. And right, a pioneering exactly. vampire movie director. I get why this is a bomb. At the same time, like, I don't really know what I would change about The Hunger. This is its own. This stands so far alone. But again, I also did reveal that like there's 80 vampire movies that stand alone. That's what's and so I great. love them all for their individual thing. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the best really parts realizing... of the vampire movies. Like, there's so many other directions. If, if you don't like this one, you can watch a completely different take on the vampire movie i feel like the werewolf and the frankenstein and the mummy kind of movies they just they don't have the the wide palette i have vampire i have a real emotional connection to the frankenstein story but it hasn't persevered through the years the the combination of romanticism and also like kind of like lustful animal of a vampire really gives it more legs frankenstein i'll be honest He's he's like a, he's a dummy. <laughs> he understands the world through a child's eyes. He's yeah. cobbled together from dog shit corpses. <laughs> like it's a miracle he did as well as he did. Yeah, but it's Dracula a, it's has one the leg up on everybody. Yeah, every monster. Uh, the creature, he looks like a a fish man. <laughs> Sets him way back. The mummy least like what is he gonna? Dracula can live through time. He has everything. Mm -hmm. He got every good thing that could happen to a monster. He got the best parts. And I like that we get this slow, long-burning death. If David Bowie already stopped asking questions about death 400 years in, imagine what a surprise it is for a new... You get comfortable. Yes. So this comfort, while also kind of slow, long, delayed death. She stopped asking about it and stopped even expecting it. But like, this idea that it comes for us. It tackles some sad and tough themes, but I couldn't change it. I love that this movie got to exist. And I like that it, I feel it's probably a way, way, way more appreciated right now. Right? I hope so. Like it like the consensus has to be good on it now. I think so. Yeah. I'll 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 live in that world where the consensus <laughs> of is course. Good on the hunger. I get the hate but uh, at the time, but people should know now. This is Yeah. Nobody did it like Scott. Is uh, Susan Sarandon was in like a Ridley Scott, right? She did Thelma Louise. She did. Wow. She did do Thelma. Were there Louise. other Scott? Who did all the Scots? <laughs> did John... did really Scott do Legend? Uh, Is that him? Yes. Yes. So Tom. So got Cruz. Tommy Cruz did both. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. This is big. We've... I think we should talk about Tony Scott as much as Ridley. I don't know how much we've talked about Ridley Scott, honestly. I don't know if we've done much or any Ridley Scott. The Scott brothers are underrepresented on here. The Hunger. We'll make that face. And then coming back four years later to do Top Gun. 
Tony Scott made movies. Tony Scott was important to a long stretch of mm-hmm. box office movies. That's cool. He's passed away, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is Ridley still alive? He is. Okay. Yeah, he's still. Working. Oh, he did. He did that Affleck uh, or the Be- the Ben Affleck. Uh, the last duel or something. The last duel. Yeah. yeah. Man, I should see that. I bet it's great. I want to go back and watch a bunch of Tony Scott movies. I haven't yeah. watched Days of Thunder since I was eleven. I know, right? Crimson Tide. You'll have to talk me into submarine movies. Submarine cinema hasn't captured me yet. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I would. Get, I would do Crimson Tide. I'd do it. I'd do any Tony Scott. We'll do True Romance last. Okay. Everybody's talked about True Romance. That's true. Everybody does that. Did you know Quentin Tarantino wrote it? <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, man. It came to this. It did come the to hunger, this. The hunger. I love. I'm glad that we we were gonna do this like two months ago. It's been. I watched the, the Hunger two months. Yeah. And uh, it's been on the list. Everything kept getting bumping it back. We've had all personal catastrophes. We've been dying over here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it kept getting bumped for... Getting old as hell. Little tiny... Yeah, we're aging super fast. And I love that it, that that awarded you kind of a couple months buffer. And you saw it again. It's like you've been soaking in that, that hunger mm-hmm. for two months. Right? And now it came back and it was so much more power. It's connected so much harder. Some of these movies are just made to be absorbed. And they're tough to absorb at first, yeah. right? Yeah, this is definitely a movie I think that that uh, is more about the emotion and the and the the feelings that are coming through rather yeah. than what's actually going on. I on feel screen. I feel things during this movie. This yeah. is a good movie. I <laughs> I feel things during Near Dark. I don't know why the van. I think it's the vampires always. It always comes to an end, and mm-hmm. they get to just like live it up for a long time. I connect with this. We all get our privileges until we don't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, so James Ch- Woods comes for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? Takes, takes you with his harpoon gun. Oh, yeah. We did do vampires. What a great vampire movie. And there's no other movie like John Carpenter's Vampires. There's no other from Dust Till Dawn. Exactly. Endlessly entertaining, right? Endlessly milk. What a great genre. I l- Apparently, the vampire genre is just my favorite We're genre. We're into it, I guess. Cinema. Yeah. I cannot think of a vampire movie I've disliked. I would review <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn today. <laughs> Wes Craven classic. Yeah, I'd do it now. I don't know which vampire movie I hate other than Renfield. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, they're great, man. Yeah. No, it came to this. If you haven't seen The Hunger, like, this is this is its own. This is it. This is 1983. Yeah. This don't is do him. what I did, yeah, and, and wait 20 years to see it. Just knock it off your list. It's yeah. worth it. I confront every terrible, every like, <laughs> every relationship that I botched, every girl that I had a bad day, you know, like Catherine Deneuve's living through 6,000 years of that. Mm-hmm. Bowie's the one that made it 400 years. She had some F ups <laughs> at some point. She had bad judgment, and I dig it. I love it. I don't know where it's at. Find it, watch it. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night. <laughs> <laughs>